the Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll, coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on movementlabrally.com and coachjohncarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll. Welcome to episode 97 of the Pillars of Health Podcast with me, John Carroll. I'm joined by Aaron today. Welcome. Hello. We're coming a multitude of topics, including juice detoxes, ready to delve into that one, <laughs> as well as best ways and worst ways to judge a training session, uh, switching exercise routines to alleviate back pain. We're also going to touch on good old muscle confusion, and last of all, strength training for runners. So let's delve right in, Aaron, and we'll get started on the juice detoxes. These are these are pretty popular today. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this. I feel like I get questions on juice detoxes and different types of detoxes so many times throughout the year. All right, so we're going to talk about, first of all, what, is, what are people looking to do with a juice detox or a cleanse? Okay, it comes under many names sometimes. So they're looking to basically expel toxins from their body, right? Right. I think that's what they're, you know, they feel lousy. So they think, oh, if I do a cleanse, it'll make me feel better. It might make me lose some weight. So yeah, I think they want to get rid of toxins, quote unquote. But ultimately, I think they want to feel better and they they probably want to lose weight if they're looking into a cleanse. So I, I'm not sure if people know what toxins they're looking to expel or if it's like, I just feel crap. And I want to feel better. Yes. So it's kind of like a go-to, right? It's the latter, exactly. Yeah. And so with a detox, you're basically looking to replicate <laughs> what your liver and kidneys kind of do for you, right? <laughs> they, yeah, they're already doing it. <laughs> so so that, that kind of brings up the question, like, is is it needed if your liver and kidneys and also like think about, you know, feces and urine, like these are also getting rid of toxins from our body. So in reality, this may not have a place for a, a, you know, a large majority of people. I would agree with that. I think most people do not need to do a cleanse unless they're instructed by a health professional for some sort of extreme reasons, but general population does not need to do a cleanse. Just to give you guys a basic understanding of your liver and kidneys, they work with your digestive tract to absorb and process food. So they help convert nutrients to energy, they maintain the blood volume, and they regulate the chemicals and mineral content in your bloodstream. So they are already doing all of those things no matter what you put in your body. Now, you can choose to put healthier things in your body so your liver and kidneys don't have to work at such a extreme rate, of course, but doing a juice cleanse might not be the best way to do that. And so when someone's going through a, a detox or a cleanse, they are technically putting their body in a position of, well, basically they're, they're taking away, they're stripping away any sort of nutrient density they were taking in, if they were taking in any before. And so now they're very low in calories and the body finds it hard to operate optimally. Exactly. And so not only are you lower in nutrients, but you're probably only getting carbohydrates, right? Like, so your your mineral and vitamin intake is hopefully okay if you're doing a juice cleanse that is contains lots of fruits and veggies but those juices don't have proteins or fats which you really want to take in a pretty diverse macronutrient um 
profile every day. So you want to get in carbs, protein, and fat every day. And if you're doing a juice cleanse, you're probably only getting carbohydrates, which is going to, like Jonathan said, put you in a state of stress, and it's really going to mess with your blood sugar levels. So when someone partakes in one of these detoxes and you know they're like all right i want to do a detox for seven or ten days i got to get through this it is an extreme position to be in because your body is obviously going through this this period of reduction in calories nutrients of what it needs to like we said operate optimally and and that's going to cause some changes in your body like it's going to cause changes in your blood sugar it's going to lead you to probably feeling fatigued and onset of moodiness and really and truly you're you're kind of upsetting your digestive system and your bowel function and my my question then would be is is it worth it no I think no. Because okay. <laughs> ultimately, if you're doing the cleanse to feel better, if you feel awful during the cleanse, like he said, all of those symptoms, plus you're probably feeling real hungry. Yeah, I, I would say no, it's not worth it. There are some better things that you can do. Okay. So can you kind of fill everyone in on maybe some, some better alternatives we can substitute instead of a detox or a cleanse? Yes, absolutely. So there are a lot of things that you can do to help support your digestive system, your kidney and liver function um, that are really simple actually. So number one, you can limit your added sugar. So any like processed sugar, added sugars, you can limit those. Fruits and things like that, totally fine. Um, But I would say steer clear of lots of desserts, candies, things like that. Um, Number two, you can stop drinking alcohol altogether. We know that alcohol is a poison. We know that it's processed in your liver. Um, So if you want to support healthy liver function, don't drink alcohol. Number three, you can drink lots of water. You don't need to think like you have to carry your gallon around with you all day. Not that much, but just drink water throughout the day. Every time you're having a meal, have some lemon water or regular water. Herbal teas are really good, but just stay hydrated. That will help your digestive system. I always tell people to eat lots of veggies, no matter what the goal is, that will probably help you. That said, understand that if you are in a place right now where you don't eat a lot of veggies, your digestive system might have to work pretty hard to break down those veggies. So starting off with smaller portions of vegetables and making sure they're cooked will really help with digestive function. If you feel like your belly has to work really hard to break down raw broccoli because you don't eat veggies often, it probably does. So cook those things up and try to uh, eat things that might be a little bit easier to digest, like cooked spinach, etc. Yeah. For me, the, the next one, fermented foods, is something probably a whole lot of people don't fully understand or know that they may need it in their diet, right? And and why they need it in, her, in their diet. So can you kind of explain that? Yeah, fermented foods are great for uh, our digestive system because your your digestive tract is lined with all different bacteria and that bacteria can be healthy. We want it to be healthy. And adding things like fermented foods that have bacteria helps support the bacteria in our gut and make for easier digestive function. So things like kimchi, sauerkraut, pickled veggies, kombucha, even yogurt, all of those things are good for the digestive system. Awesome. Well, the last point we're going to bring up here, and this was kind of a game changer for me. A couple of years ago, I kind of really started paying attention to how I felt after I took in certain foods, 
which, you know, when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, that's common sense. Like, how do I feel after I eat a lot of sugar? Probably not really well. Or how do I feel after certain foods that tend to be more towards like the inflammation side of the scale? Mm -hmm. But if you're just going about your business and, you know, everybody's busy. So kind of having that, that mindfulness to examine, oh, how am I feeling? Am I bloated? You know, stuff like that. So this point about kind of paying attention to how we feel after certain foods is, it can be a game changer, especially if you want to stay away from doing t- detoxes, right? Exactly. And I think that if you're not used to eating healthy, you might be, you might not know what it feels like to be at your peak performance, right? To feel your best. So if you're constantly eating foods that don't make you feel good, how will you know? So you got to experiment with that and really pay attention. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we definitely covered the detoxes, cleanses topic and gave people some better alternatives to look at. Let's transition into ways, good and bad, to judge a training session. And this is something uh, I come across quite a bit. And if someone says to me, you know, oh, I done this training session the other day. It was awesome. I was so sore for days afterwards. And and yes, at certain points, feeling sore after a training session can be an indicator of a successful training session, mm-hmm. right? I tend to tell the people I train that, yes, if we are progressing to a new phase and there's new exercises in there, people are going to feel a little sore in the, in the days after, right? Exactly. But it's not going to be every training session. If you are chasing the soreness, that is not what you need to do in order to feel like you are being successful in the gym. Right, because it means your body is not recovering optimally. Not recovering, and are you just doing a bunch of exercises to elicit that response? Exactly. You know, doing whatever it takes. So I kind of say to people, like the, some of the worst ways to judge a training session are, Number one, how sore I am. Number two, how much did I sweat? Because you can go in, have a training session, learn patterns, learn skills, and not sweat, and it's still going to be successful. Exactly. So, and remember, sweating is just a temperature gauge. Just because you were hot while you were doing something doesn't mean it was necessarily a good workout. Right, right. We like to think of things in the whole long-term process and... Did I get better today? What did I learn today? Can I take this this information that I learned today forward into the next training session? Or is it just a case where it's a bunch of randomized exercises and nothing I've done today will be in the next training session? Yeah. So that is working out to me as opposed to training where skills are being worked on consistently. Exactly. And that's that's also where you see all these studies that are done that talk about exercise being good for the brain. That's where that comes in, right? You're developing yep. your brain. Exactly. All right. The topic of back pain, this is a deep one, but we're only going to get into one, one area of it today. And it, for example, someone who maybe consistently switches up their exercise routines or their, their mode of exercising slash training in order to, try and find a remedy to their chronic back pain. Now, as coaches, we are not pain practitioners, right? But if someone comes to us with back pain, we're going to try and put them in a position to be successful if, of course, they, they're seeing someone for their pain, a physical therapist or doctor and stuff like that. But if they're hopping around from exercise uh, routine one to the next, like going from a CrossFit to you know something else and just going go the, the full gamut of different gyms, 
there's a good chance what they're looking for is not going to be found in a different training program. That's right. It more needs to come from themselves, would you say? Yeah. So we're talking about if you have chronic pain, there's a couple of things at work. Uh, it's not just your training routine that's causing it. It may have happened there, right? Mm-hmm. You may have done something to bring that to the surface. But there's a pretty good chance that there's a lot of a lot of contributors. So it could be, you know, the foods you're eating. It could be your sleep cycle, not getting enough rest. It could be when you do step in the gym, you're going 100% all the time. And it's putting you in this constant cycle of inflammation. And so your body, like you said before, is not getting a chance to recover. Therefore, anything you do, you're probably not going to feel great afterwards. Mm -hmm. So my, my advice would be to find something that kind of fits what you're looking for, an exercise program or a training program that has different levels. And what I mean by that is, it's not all one gear. So it's not all 100%. It's not all 50%. Someone who's a who's a qualified coach who can, again, instill skills, but also give you those higher intensity workouts and lower days when you need it. Right. And then manage those stress points in your outside life. Yeah. And, and that's really what we try to do with our, with our members is try and incorporate the the four pillars of health, you right. know, because initially it's, it's a journey on learning training skills. But then over time, we try to incorporate the you know, stress management, sleep, nutrition, and all those topics have many, many points to cover. So it's a, it's a journey. It's a, trying to take it on one point at a time, right? Exactly. Yeah. And switching from thing to thing probably won't get you there. You just need to start slow and stick with something. Right. Right. Small steps over time. This one is one of my favorites, muscle confusion. What is muscle confusion? I don't even know. <laughs> so I think this was born out of just an oversimplification of people wondering why we need to continually do different stuff in the gym. Yeah. And they really gave muscles too much credit yeah, because mu- muscles don't have brains. No. And so they don't know what you're doing. They're just trying to allow you to do whatever you are asking your, your body to do. And so I think that's where the justification for continually switching up exercise routines comes from. For some people, it's like, oh, we got to confuse the muscles so they can grow or so they can adapt. Well, you've got to learn skills, first of all, mm-hmm. and you're never getting better at anything if you're constantly doing something different. If you're on a training program over time, you can obviously increase the resistance used in, in certain exercises progressive programming over time so obviously a a good coach is going to have different progressions to move you up the spectrum of different exercises and it's going to get more challenging over time but there is no confusion for the muscles they are not in there thinking oh what's going on i need to be confused in order to to get better to grow whatever it is you're looking for yeah really we're you know with with every movement we're trying to teach our brain how to send those signals better and and hold things in certain positions while other things are moving. So you're really training your central nervous system with exercise and you want to get better at one thing before you change it or before you introduce a completely new movement. Right, right. And so, yeah, just to, just to clear it up, muscle confusion is not a real thing. No. <laughs> it does not exist. Last one today I want to touch on is why strength training is a good fit for runners. Yeah, this is one we get all the time, right? I like to tell people that For runners, you are in a cyclic motion all the time, right? So if you can strengthen 
yourself as a runner, that's going to help increase posture over time. It's going to help you hold your running form for longer durations. And here's the key. As you cover more distance, as you get a little bit more fatigued, you're going to have to expend more energy to hold the same position as you run. So would you rather you know, get fatigued and have to expend more energy to, to finish a run? Or would you like to be able to be more energy efficient and be able to get through your runs a little bit easier? So strength training will help make them more energy efficient. Yes, you're going to expend less energy the stronger you are as a runner. Okay. And what about, like you were saying, running is a cyclical pattern or they're only moving in one plane of motion. How does strength training or any type of cross training help with that? Well, it's going to, like we said, it's going to strengthen you in your primary plane of motion. But also, runners do need to move in different planes of motion. They do need to move in uh, the frontal plane, in the transverse plane, to have the options to go there. Because when you are a primarily sagittal uh, plane, and that is the case for runners, you know, just going straight forward, you can run the risk of getting stuck in that plane, right? Mm -hmm. And so when that happens and we can't get out of that plane of motion or we can't can't access other planes of motion, that's when problems are going to occur. That's when our body won't let us do other things that we may want to do and we we have less movement variability to access from there. Right, so they're probably more likely to injury if they don't have that movement variability. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely going to go up. You know, you, you have the term kind of bandied around these days of injury prevention. Listen, there's no form of injury, injury prevention out there. If you're a moving human being, there's always going to be the risk of getting injured at some point depending on, you know, what your training history is and many other factors but if you're getting stronger and you're going out running your your chance of injury is going to decrease right right you're going to have a little bit more durability you're going to feel less fragile as a runner and over time you're definitely going to notice some nice impact when it comes to the transition from the gym to your running because you're going to feel like i said less um less tired towards the end of your runs a lot of times people will tell me they recover quicker too Um, So there's a lot of benefits there. Yeah, I think it's really important to have that cross-training. All right, excellent. So we covered a couple of topics today, guys. We'd love to get your feedback on this episode. If you have any thoughts, drop them in the comments section on Instagram. And until the next episode, we'll sign off. See ya. See ya.